Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. In 33 states across the U.S., marijuana is now big business. But pot's legality has created serious complications for the banking industry. The feds still consider marijuana an illegal drug, and that means big risks for banks willing to serve dispensaries or other businesses trafficking in it, even when those businesses are perfectly legal under state law. So what does that mean for Missouri's fledgling medical marijuana program? Joining me today to talk about the challenge and the opportunity that cannabis represents for Missouri banks is St. Louis Public Radio reporter Corinne Ruff. Uh, Corinne, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Corinne, I've read that for the first 14 years or so of Colorado's medical marijuana program, businesses were forced to operate almost entirely in cash because banks were so leery of dealing with them. What drove that anxiety? I think for banks, the, the big problem is that they're federally insured. So they're caught right between this friction between federal law, which says marijuana is an illegal drug, and state law, which now says, hey, it's either a you know medicinal substance like it is in Missouri, or it's recreationally legal for people to consume. So I think for banks, which tend to be very buttoned up, they, don't, they take risk very seriously. They want as little risk as possible. So I think for them, they're just approaching this with caution. The, the other side of the coin is that there's a ton of money to be made. In Missouri, the market could grow into a $480 million a year market. So for banks, you know, they take fees off of every new account that they open. So it could be a really big industry, but there's a lot of risk associated. So is it possible that Missouri's new industry could be forced to grow in this almost entirely cash-free way, the way it was a decade ago in Colorado? I think that's what people worry about. They worry that there won't be enough banks to stand up and say, hey, we will take on your, we'll open checking accounts for you because just like any business, a dispensary or even, you know, a marketing company that works with marijuana companies, they're a marijuana related business. They need to have checking accounts to pay their employees, pay their bills. And so I think the fear is if they don't have that option, they'll operate in cash. And that's a big security risk. And that could leave them, you know, vulnerable to theft. And, you know, the, the Fed doesn't want that either. So that's kind of the problem. Now, talking to insiders in the industry, they say, that's probably not going to happen. Banks aren't going to let this market go untapped. That said, they're lying low. They don't necessarily want to draw attention to the fact that they're interested. Now, you talked to one Missouri bank hoping to get in on the action. Let's listen to Robbie Gard of MRV Banks explain his bank's interest. Since they are considered unbankable by many banks, it does create a supply and demand, and therefore there is some revenue to be made. That's Robbie Gard of MRV Banks. I got to admit, I'd never heard of MRV Banks. Who are these guys? Yeah, they're small. Um, in the banking world, they're relatively young. They're only 13 years old. They have three locations in small towns along the Missouri side of the Mississippi River. So uh, Gard actually runs the Cape Girardeau office. So they're really small. And, and the problem with that is it makes it hard for them to find new accounts. There's only so many people in a, in a, a town the size of Cape Girardeau. So um, when I talked to Gard, what he said is, he, he pitched this to his board of directors saying, hey, this could be a big opportunity. These are people that are going to have a really hard time finding banks, and we could be the solution for them. So what do state regulators say about the fact that, hey, here's this bank that wants to handle this? Is MRV in at risk of being in trouble with the state of Missouri? Yeah, so I did talk to the Federal Reserve Bank of Missouri, and they said, yes, it is legal for banks to, under state law, service these kinds of businesses. But that said, you know, 
regulars do walk a challenging line because they are also caught between this friction of the two laws. Um, so they are allowed to do it. The thing is, there's lots of regulations that can be really expensive and time consuming. So that's another reason why a lot of banks wouldn't do it. I mean, some of the things they have to do, they have to make sure that these businesses have their state licenses. They have to make sure that customers that have medical marijuana cards are the only people getting the substances. And they have to make sure like these are this is the amount of money that you're going to bring in. Is that legitimate? I think the biggest fear is that a lot of times cash-based businesses can be a front for illegal companies if they're not properly managed. So there's just a lot of things they have to do. They have to file these um, reports with um, the U.S. Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. It's basically a lot of paperwork. They have to know a lot more than they would normally have to know about their customers. And you're saying this isn't just that these dispensaries have to make sure everybody has these medical marijuana cards. The banks have to make sure the dispensaries are making sure of this. Does this mean somebody like this this bank in Cape Girardeau, they might be visiting these places in person to do some sort of due diligence on their business model? That's a good question. I think the big thing everyone's trying to figure out right now is like, what's the process? How do we figure out how to collect all this information and how close is that relationship? But I, I would imagine that in-person visits would probably be a part of that to make sure that the facility is operating as it's intended to. Um, you know, we've seen that in some other states, there are some um, marijuana companies that might have pretty nondescript names that might not indicate that they're a marijuana business. So banks, even if they're saying, you know, we don't want to bank marijuana businesses, will have to be extra careful about who exactly their customers are. So this sounds like a lot of work for the banks. Is there anything the feds could do that would alleviate some of these anxieties and just simplify this process? I think that's a question they're getting a lot. They said they have gotten interest from banks saying, what do we do about this? And really all they can do is just give out some of the guidelines that currently exists. So there's some guidelines from 2014, which, you know, is almost seems outdated now with how much marijuana has changed across the country since then. But, you know, there are some federal guidelines, but I think right now they're saying we need the federal government to give us more information to make banks feel more comfortable about this. So that is something that Congress is considering, safe harbor protections to say, it's okay, banks, you can do this. Um, but it's being held up in the Senate right now, so it's unclear whether that will move forward. I thought it was interesting in your report, um, which is now live on the St. Louis Public Radio website, if people want to um, learn more about this, you talked to a consultant who is sort of helping businesses manage this, and they raised the idea that other businesses that are peripherally involved with medical marijuana, say people like landlords, this might be even things they need to deal with. Should other businesses that might be doing business with marijuana dispensaries fear the feds could come knocking? Well, I think from his perspective, he would say every single bank in Missouri should be thinking about how is medical marijuana going to affect them? Who are our clients? Um, and do we need to be thinking about you know, what kind of business this landlord is engaging in, what kind of business, um, you know, insurance companies are engaging in. And just to make sure that, you know, if they need to do more paperwork and be a, have a little bit of a closer eye, they're doing that. So a whole lot of complication here. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be really interesting to see how all this plays out. Um, what's the next step for Missouri? Are we going to start seeing these businesses actually open soon? Well, that's a good question. So uh, the state has started to hand out some licenses for cultivators and transportation companies 
companies that move uh, the marijuana around the state. Uh, we're still waiting for the licenses to go out for dispensaries. That's at the end of the month. Um, and then after that, there also is going to be a lag period, right? Because in order to sell marijuana here in Missouri, it needs to be grown here. So there's going to be a time, a couple of months of a window where, you know, they need to get their warehouses up and running to grow the plant and then actually be able to sell it. So it'll still be a little ways off. Okay, a lot to discuss here. So St. Louis Public Radio reporter Corinne Ruff, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And just a note, um, we'll be talking to two physicians with different perspectives on medical marijuana tomorrow. And here's a really cool part of this story. These two physicians are actually sisters. So if you're interested in this sister act, we hope you'll come back tomorrow at noon to listen to St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.